Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be talking about design thinking for entrepreneurs. Uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us in the last uh, Grow with Google session, Design Thinking for Entrepreneurs. Um, a little bit about me for those that are new uh, to this session. Um, I'm Gabriel, and I have over probably eight years of experience in marketing and uh, business consulting. Um, I do have an agency where we focus on digital marketing for Hispanic-owned businesses. It's called Primero Negocios. And uh, that's still active. We primarily focus here in Arizona, uh, but we do have uh, other uh, presence in other states. Um, also, I currently serve as the marketing director of Asomos Dental and Orthodontics Company. Uh, if you might have seen us around the valley, we have six locations. And latest project I've been working on is Apache Lake uh, Marina Resort as well for their marketing. Um, hopefully, you guys can visit us sometime. And uh, we'll share our information at the end of the webinar. If you have any questions for today, we'll try to cover uh, the topics um, or this topic in, in a quickly manner so we have enough time for Q&A. And you will also have the recording at the end uh, shared to you guys. Um, so let's get started. So today's live stream will be le um, learning the five phases of design thinking of the design thinking process and how that process can help you uh, to more effectively build products and services that address the challenges of your target audience. Then we will go through each phase of the process and discuss how you can apply those concepts to your own ideas, starting with understanding your audience, identifying their challenges, and then crafting and testing the solutions that we have for them. So in today's session, we'll do a few activities that you will need uh, to make some notes. And if you prefer to take digital notes, we'll show you how to use um, the Google Doc feature. And if you like to make, you know, to take written notes, um, right now is a good time to start having your paper and pen ready. Um, for I personally like to do digital notes on my phone because that way I can go back to it and on my computer as well. And for those that you're taking digital notes on a Google Doc, go ahead and start opening your browser. And you can start by going to google.com and then sign in if you haven't signed in and uh, look for docs. Uh, you will click on the Google Ads icon um, app or the, the grid with the dots, and then you'll see the applications. You can click, there's, you will see different ones where there's like Gmail, Sheets, Slides. Uh, for today's purposes to take notes, you can start using your uh, Google Docs or Docs app right there. Um, here on the screen, you can see another way to get there. If you clicked on the drive icon on the apps, you will see that uh, you can create new files in there and you can see docs, sheets, slides, and, and so forth. Uh, so in this case, again, for taking notes, you will use uh, Google Docs. And what is design thinking? Design thinking is a methodology used by designers to solve complex problems. This approach has been used to brainstorm solutions for uh, societal issues like getting kids to eat healthy uh, school lunches, and as well as help uh, well-established companies uh, redefine their place in a fast-changing industry. So you may use design thinking to come up with your first business idea. And if you already have a business, you may use this um, methodology to improve an existing service, product, or even your website. Design thinking isn't just about coming up with the next great product or business. 
it should be an important part of your of how you connect with your customers now and in the future. So now, what is the what is technology and economically feasible? Uh, what is technology and economically feasible can change depending on your context. And what you are able to create as a student over four years will likely differ from what you are able to create if you had access to the amount of data and other computing power that may, uh, that many have um, in the larger tech companies like the Google uh, the, that Google has, right? Even so, the important thing to keep in mind is that using the design thinking process will provide you with a framework that will be useful even when you don't have a ton of resources available to you. And I'll show you a few examples of uh, later um, on the workshop of these resources. So to start, let's talk about what is the methodology, uh, what the, the methodology is all about. The design thinking process was created by the uh, Stanford University and the company um, of the company IDEO. And it's been, successful, uh, been successfully used to create small projects and big ones. This uh, methodology includes five phases, which we see in the slide right here. Number one is emphasize. In this phase, you will over, uh, observe your ideal audience, engage with them and immerse yourself with their challenges and needs. Good design is all about understanding the needs of your users or customers, right? Uh, number two, define. In the defining phase, you will express the problem of your users or customers in the form of their points of view. Uh, number three is ideate. In the ideating phase, you will transition from identifying problems to finding solutions to, uh, for those problems. And number four, uh, the prototype. In this phase, you will, uh, it's all about getting ideas out of your head and into the real world. And number five is test. Um, the test phase, which is the last phase, is about testing. You can create the next um, iteration of prototypes, test, learn, and iterate. Uh, the continuous refinement is an ongoing process, right? So we talked about what design thinking is and the phases of its, its methodology, but how is design thinking used in practice? There are products you see every day that were created in the design thinking process and designers and innovators through about, thought about you, the consumer and the needs or challenges that you had around every day, uh, on your everyday activities to make these products and services that you buy and use to be better. Uh, let's look at some of the examples. Uh, many of you uh, are likely watching a lot of on-demand on television by now from streaming services or your cable provider. So think about the challenges television uh, watchers had prior to introduction of on-demand television. You may have had a, a, the perfectly time when your favorite show was going to come up on TV and be home to be able to watch it. Later, you might have to um, set the timer on your uh, VHS to tape, uh, VHS tape recorder so that you don't miss it. Uh, perhaps you grew up with digital video recorders, and but you still had to fast forward through the commercials. And with each of these scenarios, there are pains and points and challenges um, that the invention of on-demand television alleviates. So you don't have to be home to watch your favorite program anymore. Not accidentally taping over your niece's dance recital, <laughs> BHA uh, tape. And in many cases, on-demand services allow you to skip through commercials altogether. 
Um, in our next sample, almost all car owners can likely relate to the challenge that you, you're faced with when your arms and full your arms are full of groceries. Uh, the principle of the design thinking process in this scenario is that you can probably see why consumers have improved in other similar scenarios. What might use uh, you used to keep what might used to keep the front door of your home uh, propped open when you have your hands full of groceries, your foot, right? So the design thinking was applied to the invention of the food activated car doors when designers understood a common challenge for car owners and those resources available to them in these scenarios. So those cars, you can move your food under the sensor and it will open either the trunk or your, your car doors and, and you, you have your hands busy, right? Um, ride and home sharing might be some of those modern solutions to everyday challenges that you think of when you imagine the innovation that could come out design thinking. So ride and home sharing brands uh, were born from challenges where likely we all had. Maybe you were planning a family trip and wanted more space and hotel room. Perhaps you knew uh, in, that you wanted a kitchen or you just wanted more local experience. So it may, made it sense to rent a local uh, homeowner's place. The same is true for ride sharing. So while we are likely never thought of um, hopping into the backseat of someone else's car, ride sharing has alleviated some of these uh, pain points in transportation. There aren't always taxes available in an area that you're in. And if you're traveling internationally, ride sharing allows you to book transportation without understanding the local language or even having the local um, currency. So think about all the things that you use on a daily basis. Those inventions um, you, could, you couldn't live without, right? Many of them may have been created uh, with design thinking methodology. So let's start with the first uh, phase in design of the, think of the design uh, thinking process. The first step in the design thinking process is to establish empathy. Empathy is the ability to understand and share the feeling of another person. If we want to focus on the user, our goal as we uh, begin to the, the, the design thinking process should be to first connect with the user's stories, insights, and emotions. We must be able to put ourselves in their shoes so to speak. Uh, what do we mean when we say user? Well, the user in the design thinking process will be the person or population of, for which you are hoping to build the solution. For many of you guys, uh, your customers, right? And when identifying the user, you want to be as, as specific as possible by adding more descriptors. For example, not just parents, or, um, but parents with toddlers, right? Or parents in uh, New York City, it is also important to make sure you understand who your user truly is. If you're looking for a solution for say college admissions, you may quickly say that your users are high school graduates, but when you stop to think about it, the user is actually the parents of the high school graduates. So the practice, this practice helps you narrow down the characteristics of your potential audience. So you can really dive into the uh, core issues of what they may face. Think about the way you may uh, have described your users or target audience in the past. Oftentimes we start with the demographic information such as gender, age, nationality. Sometimes we only consider one characteristic of an individual such as parent or working professional. Uh, when it comes to your users, you want to be as specific as possible so you really understand that audience and what makes them tick. 
when you dig deep into their, their needs, it is easier to create a solution for them that they will jump on a chance to benefit from. So let's look at some examples. You may say uh, your target audience is women of color, but is, this is a huge group of people with an endless number of unique interests and needs. Maybe you're looking to create an all-natural hair care line specifically for women of color. A more detailed explanation of your users will be women of color looking for products without adding chemicals or toxins, or women of color who need to use a more natural, uh, more natural products due to the health or allergy concerns they have. You may have um, a handful of specific audiences, but these details will help you uh, do better um, marketing for them. Another example uh, could be parents. If, but for, for the parents here, you're likely already know uh, there's a huge difference between parenting a newborn and a teenager, right? Also, as a designer, what problem are you looking to solve for parents? Maybe you offer nanny services uh, and your audience is parents of young children and not yet in school, or parents who work in demanding jobs. Maybe your market uh, your products or services to seniors over the age of 70. But how can you get uh, a more how can you get more specific? Let's say your product or service is for seniors who live alone, and that will refine your marketing efforts to um, seniors over 70 in single member households. Lastly, let's look at uh, Latinx college students as a potential user group. Latinx college students make up a large group. Uh, but maybe you are offering temporary housing to college students. So instead of, instead you should focus on your efforts on Latinx students or their parents seeking temporary housing near the universities in a specific geographic location. Now, depending on your business idea, uh, your business or idea that you might be thinking of, um, my users can be from all different walks of life and they don't fall into any one demographic. This could be true if, say, you are an online counselor or you own a shoe repair business. In this case, think about what makes your audience unique. What qualities or interests do your users have that will draw them to your product or service versus someone else's? Find the niche that makes you unique. So, for example, maybe your shoe repair business offers 24 hours turnaround for repairs. Your ideal users might conclude business travelers or people with a very important event coming up. If you already have a business and you are unsure who your users might be, you can use uh, tools like the Google Analytics tool to learn more about your audience if you already have a website. You can go back and watch the Google Analytics uh, webinars we did to learn more about how you can get more uh, specific with your users. Now let's try an activity. In this activity, you're going to step into the shoes of a user um, base and try to brainstorm at least 10 challenges that may, may face. Remember, try to go specific who your users are, uh, like we did in a minute, uh, just a second ago. Realize, uh, really put yourself in the shoes of your select population, users, or customers, and emphasize what uh, with their day-to-day, -day, um, what does that look like? Brainstorm all the potential obstacles that they might come across. And okay, so Make sure this is something, even if we are doing it as an activity or you're pointing it out right now, this is something you should do on a, I would say at least on a monthly basis because you will never get it right the first time. So you always wanna make sure you keep track of your audiences. There's also seasons. Once you have identified your, 
your audience and their needs and their obstacles and even you're offering a solution, there are seasons throughout the year that that will affect how they react to your um, business or your idea, okay? On the second phase of the uh, design thinking process is to define a problem statement. Now that we have a clear image of the users in mind, we want to uh, operation, operationalize the problem. To do so, let's focus on one more core problem from our list of challenges that we just created from the, uh, our user. This core problem can be a synthesis, synthesis, sorry, uh, synthesis of the list uh, or one that just stands out the most. Using this core problem, we will be creating a problem statement. What is a problem statement? Why do we need it? The problem statement will be a succinct statement that clearly organizes the following. Number one, the characteristic of the user. Number two, the user's need or the core problem you just identified. And number three, the, the insight into why the user is experiencing this need. Developing a problem statement is critical in the design thinking process. So let's look at an example. Now that this, now this is a sample of a completed problem statement. Here we have our user, Sam, um, who is a busy manager. His need or core problem is that, uh, is that he needs a way to integrate healthy eating habits. The reason why he has this need or with the inside, right? Uh, stems from a desire to not feel like he is on a diet. This problem statement is telling us that what we need to help Sam uh, with is find some solutions that will integrate healthy eating habits for Sam without making him feel like he's on a diet. Pretty clear, right? It can be tempting to try to insert a solution during the problem statement stage or of the design thinking process, but try to uh, rein back from that urge until the ideation stage. Here we're pulling our user, uh, here we're pulling from our empathy stage to hone in on the true values of our users to tap into their true need. I want to share some uh, an important uh, tip with you. I always tell people to build the problem statement from the bottom up. And the more uh, insight that you have into the emotions that are driving the need of the, the better uh, for the, the user, because it pushes you into a direction that will help you in the ideating stage. So instead of Sam needs to learn about nutrition to get better eating experience during lunch. Uh, yes, we all know we should eat better. Uh, by why do we? Uh, by why do so many diet fail? There's a lot of emotion and frustration in that feeling. You have to give up all the yummy food you love. We know we need to eat better, but we don't want to feel like we are on a diet. Instead of that, try this. Sam is a busy manager who needs a way to integrate healthy habits into his daily life because he doesn't want to feel like he's on a diet. So now it's your turn. Um, you wanna make sure that you take a few minutes um, in, in creating this statement and think about, you know, think about your notes, your user base, remember the list of challenges that you came up with um, as you imagine in their life and you put yourself in the shoes uh, and synthesize those challenges into a core problem so that you can uh, put it on a statement that you want to address, right? So now we'll go into the IDH stage. 
of the thinking, design thinking process. So now that we have empathized with our chosen user, analyze and synthesize those observations to define the problem using a, a problem statement, it's time to ideate, or in other words, create ideas. This is the phase where we think about all the possible solutions to come to mind. Here's a popular, a popular ideation activity used uh, a lot in Google uh, design prints. So the crazy eights, using the Google Docs, you can insert a two by four table, or if you prefer, uh, fold a piece of paper into eight rectangles. And in each section of your uh, table or rectangle, you want to write out a different idea on how to solve your user's problem. Maybe you will have eight new ideas. Maybe you have one idea with seven ideas that build up on that idea. Uh, the point here is to practice letting the here point to practice letting loose and creating as many possible ideas as you can. So don't worry about feasibility right now. Blue sky thinking is encouraged. Okay. The beauty of this process is that we can let our minds go wild with different ideas. Let's go back a few more examples of our. Let's go back to a few more of our examples when we were discussing different um, user groups. So first, we mentioned targeting women of color looking for an all-natural health products, and now you might already have in mind what types of products or services you want to offer your users. But in the ide ideating phase, it's all about considering all different ways in which you can offer them a solution to their challenges. So first, um, thought you probably first thought about maybe create an all-natural hurricane line for women of color. On the other hand, you may consider not even offering a product to this user group and instead alleviating their challenge with finding all-natural haircut products through a database or an app you create. Additionally, uh, one of your ideas might be to open an actual salon where you can only find all-natural hair care products. Uh, one of our other examples of a potential user group included the Latinx college students looking for temporary housing. And the first idea that comes to mind might be creating an online roommate uh, matching service for Latinx students specifically. If you'd like to consider going to the product route for this group, you may consider investing in buildings that you can uh, furnish and offer as temporary rentals for this user group. Um, now, the, form, the fun part of creating, um, of ideating, is that we can really think outside of the box. What if these students didn't need temporary housing because you created an, an online learning program or programs for them to get college credit for their, from their home? You see how the ideating phase can open your mind to new and different ways of solving problems for your target audience. So when you're in this stage of ideating, the sky is the limit. Think about all the different ways and, and possible um, solutions that you can offer your user group. Ideally, uh, the recommended practice is to have an unlimited amount of time to engage in unrestricted brainstorming during this phase. Uh, but for the purpose of this session, um, you know, we're not going to do it here live, but this is something that you want to do. Make sure that you take the time to, because also sometimes when you're rushed into a time um, time limit, you get rushed and you can come up. You, you might miss some of the ideas that are actually good, or you might be able to actually implement and do, right? So something that you want to make sure you um, 
I would say sometimes I even like to take a weekend <laughs> to just come up with ideas and even run it by other people, right? Close people to you, or if you have access to friends and family members that fall under this or really similar to your user group uh, that you're trying to target for your business or your idea, like ask them, right? That's another way you can put yourself in their shoes, asking them questions. How do you deal with this? How will you use this? What are the things that you don't like about this, right? Remember that no idea is too crazy. Uh, what you think of now could be something you, your competitor brings to life in the future, right? So you'll be ahead of the game if you recognize every possibility. And now the phase uh, to prototype. Now, how do we know if these solutions we outlined in the last exercise uh, will work? We do a prototype, right? Uh, prototypes are inexpensive, scaled down versions of the solutions created in the previous ideation stage. As you build prototypes one by one, uh, they're either accepted, improved, and re-examined re or rejected based on the user's experience. Remember that this is just an experimental stage. You are not trying to create the workable product just yet, but this uh, step is still critical as you are testing out your ideas to gain as much feedback from your potential users as possible. Through the prototyping service, uh, process, you will gain a better understanding of the constraints uh, inherent within the product or feature and problems that you might not have foreseen. You will also have more informed uh, perspective of how real users will interact and react and feel about the final product while they interact with the prototype. Once you have uh, collected enough, uh, enough data from the prototyping stage, it is time to finally create the MVP, the minimum viable product. Uh, this is what we call the simplest version of a workable product that is developed with the core features that will satisfy early adopters, but also provide the lowest risk for investors. That means the MVP should be cost-effective and quick to develop when, while still providing a basic function uh, that you have decided on. And you will have an idea of what your early adopters or what we call the first users that are eager to try something new will be looking to for thanks to providing the prototyping uh, stage. So let's say that your goal was to create a vehicle that could take from point A to point B. In the top image, for example, uh, there are five boxes that represent each interaction of a prototype. The first interaction contains uh, an image of a wheel. The second is four wheels with two axles. The third image is merely uh, of the base of the vehicle. And the fourth is the built-out vehicle with no steering wheel. And uh, the last prototype is a fully built-out uh, vehicle. So now there isn't much you can do with just a wheel or two wheels and the axle or the body of a car without the wheel or engine so that the only viable product is fully functioning is the vehicle with the belts, right? Um, in the bottom example, we focus on an MVP that solves the problem of our audience in the simplest way, getting from someone from point A to point B. The first image is that of an skateboard, which is we will know we can get an audience from point A to point B. Now, for each step in the prototyping process, you might make interactions to the initial product uh, as you get feedback from what works and doesn't work. In the second image here, you may decide to change up the product slightly and make it a scooter, 
or you'll see the third interaction as, an, as a bicycle. But perhaps your audience wants more speed, so you may end up with a motorcycle or a vehicle, but only after you have taken these MVPs through the prototyping process to know what works and doesn't work for your audience. Now, your minimal, um, your minimum viable product is not yet your end goal. Uh, it's one of the many steps that um, will take you to the final established product. But to get to that point, you will do what I'm sure uh, sounds familiar to you now in the design thinking process, iterate and iterate again. Keep testing your product or service with your users, uh, your user base, and follow up, get feedback. Maybe that, maybe that leads to you to more changes, more enhancements. Uh, maybe it takes you, from, uh, takes you backward to remove certain things that you already added. What's important here is that you are uh, stay, staying flexible and listening to the needs of your user base. The, that way it creates the most well-perceived version of your product and service to your audience. Uh, we won't be prototyping together in this virtual session, but Following this class, you will want to sit down and think about your options for a prototype. Pick one of your feasible ideas uh, out of the eight that you came up with and flesh out how you will build the solution to include technology need if needed, uh, time required, what money is gonna need, the resources that you might wanna already have, that you already have and what you're gonna need uh, as of those resources, right? So now we're gonna go into the test phase. This is the final stage of your design thinking process. We won't be practicing this phase together, but if you were to implement the design thinking process in real life, you will definitely want to test out your solution, evaluate it, and depending on how it goes, you might want to have uh, to go back and repeat the other phases again. Testing is an iterative phase. So what does that mean? It means that you can uh, continue to go back and make changes, tweak features, and in some cases, you might even decide to start from scrap, just scrap the whole solution and go in a different way, right? Um, this is the, the phase where you really, really test everything you had to test with your audience before you go, you know, full on. Now that you have learned the, difference, uh, the different phases of the design thinking process, you might be wondering how can you use the design thinking process to make a new idea more successful or to take an existing business or product and tailor it to the changing needs of your customers, especially in today's climate, right? Let's look at an example, Sunrise Coffee. Uh, Juani Romero, a former barista, opened her first uh, coffee shop in, on the first day of the Great Recession of 2008. She now owns three cafes uh, while Juani was initially hesitant to tackle new design tools or digital tools, I'm sorry, her online presence became critically important uh, when COVID, the COVID pandemic came to her city uh, of Las Vegas. Uh, she knew she needed a way to keep her companies open for the coffee shop and it's for the coffee shop, its employees and the community. Juani had to look at the changing needs of her employees and customers. This time also brought a new importance to supporting her customers and those first responders who work was critical to the health of the community. Yuani took her business almost entirely digital by selling her sustainability source beans online. She also added a web function that allowed visitors to donate coffee 
to the first responders and healthcare workers. And she will kick in two additional bags for each one donated. She was amazed at the response. Customers started um, going in droves to and buying um, her coffee online and the media took notice as well. That sense of community and desire to help others in a time of need was the new importance of Yuani and her customers. And she redesigned her business to support that need by leveraging new tools to deliver a different type of product and service to her audience. And that concludes the final stage um, or the fifth stage of the design thinking process. To recap, here are the five stages. Number one, empathize, where we step into the shoes of our user base or customers to identify their challenges. Number two, define, where we expressed a core problem in the form of the point of view of our users. Ideate, number three, where we transition from identifying problems through brainstorming as many solutions as possible. And then number four, the prototype. Uh, here is where we brought ideas out of our heads into the real world. And finally, uh, the testing phase, number five, which takes us to the next ideation uh, iteration of prototypes to improve our minimum viable product, the MVP, by testing, learning, and iterating again and again. And uh, that's pretty much it. The, we have completed the five stages of the design thinking process.